Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The FT. Hello and welcome to the World Weekly Podcast. I'm John Aglianby. The Republican Party is holding its convention in Tampa, Florida this week, with a presidential race between its nominee Mitt Romney and President Barack Obama virtually neck and neck. Prior to this week, which is traditionally when many Americans start paying attention to the election, the Republicans were struggling to sell their candidate as the kind of guy most people would want to sit down and relax with. Have they changed their opinion? Have the Republicans reduced the chances of Mr. Obama getting re-elected? Joining me from Tampa to discuss this and other issues are the FT's Washington Bureau Chief, Richard McGregor, and in the studio, the FT's Comment Editor, John McDermott. Richard, what have your impressions of the convention been, and what have you learned that you didn't know before? Well, funnily enough, uh, after scurrying around the convention on the floor and the, and the back room for like the three days, the truth is you don't learn terribly much new information at a convention like this. The whole idea is to sort of confirm and conflate and inflate, if you like, views about certain candidates. And I would think that so far, from the Republican perspective, we had obviously had some delays at the start because of the imminent arrival of Tropical Storm and then Hurricane Isaac. But apart from that, the convention, from the Republican perspective, it has gone very well. The headline speakers, Anne Romney, Paul Ryan on Wednesday night, and uh, Mitt Romney coming on Thursday night. All of the speakers, have, uh, big speakers, have appeared so far from the party machine's perspective, from the campaign's perspective, more to the point, have performed well. Now, of course, we won't really know. This is part of the problem of being in the bubble of the convention what the broader electorate thinks until the polls come out and we see if there has or hasn't been any kind of significant bounce. But as far as the optics go, I think the Republicans would be pretty pleased. I mean, you mentioned Paul Ryan, the Mitt Romney's vice presidential nominee. Did he deliver what his job was very much to be the attack dog and to present himself to the electorate? Is sort of mission accomplished as far as Paul Ryan's concerned? Well, it's a funny mixture of attack dog and sort of policy wonk. I'm not sure how those two things go together, um, but, there, but there you have it. In the case of Paul Ryan, I think there's a number of things. He obviously stands for something, whether you like it or not, so there's a clarity about him, and that's a good thing from Mr Romney's perspective. The second thing is that I think he really does take the party to a new generation. Before Mr. Ryan came on last night in the hour or two beforehand, there was a tribute to George W. Bush and his father, George H.W. Bush, in the form of a videotaped interview. Neither of them are here, which I think tells you something uh, by itself. But I think Paul Ryan, even though he did vote for all the policies that brought George W. Bush's presidency asunder, um, takes the party to a new place, into a new century, is a new face. And I think that is very, very valuable for the Republicans. If we turn to John now here in the studio, you're very much outside the bubble. Hmm. Do you think mission accomplished for the Republicans so far? I think in a way it's mission accomplished for 2016 rather than 2012. 
And what I mean by that is if you look at the American electorate, you can kind of split it up into three thirds, Democrats, Republicans and independents. I think Democrats looking at it will have confirmed their view, which is that this party is mad and getting madder. Independents will be waiting for Romney's speech tonight. Those are which I'm actually watching. And I think the Republicans will be looking at Christie, Jeb Bush, Paul Ryan, Rubio and Condi Rice and thinking there is a lot of talent there. And there's probably a lot more talent than they would have thought when they first saw their primary lineup a few months ago. Which cream particularly rose to the top, do you think, of the potential talent? Christie probably ate most of the cream that was available to him, but Ryan was the one that rose to the very top. Richard, picking up on one of the things that John just mentioned, the Republican Party, is it mad and getting madder? Certainly there are many, as in any political party, there are many strands to this party. And one of the themes that we've been picking up on this side of the Atlantic is disunity, perhaps, at the convention within certain aspects of the party. Do you think that is more noise than substance? Or is this very much a party that still has to unite behind the candidate? Well, they've got to unite behind the candidate, and they obviously will, um, mainly because they're uniting against uh, Barack Obama. But I think the noise you saw on the convention floor, that's basically surrounding the Ron Paul libertarian faction, if you like, is important. But I don't think it's the most important issue about the unity, or if you like, the constituency, the Republican Party. In some respect, having said that Paul Ryan is a fresh face of the party, another way to look at it is that this is really in the way that they've constructed their ticket, in the way they've constructed their policies, in the way they've run their advertisements. This is the last throw of the dice, if you like, for the coalition which came together in the 80s and which, you know, became known as the Reagan Democrats. In other words, when uh, the Republicans really took over the majority of the blue-collar, you know, white working-class vote. Um, yeah, since then, the U.S. electorate has changed dramatically. You know, Hispanics in particular, population has grown very quickly, so Asian Americans. So to win this election, the Republicans have to win, I think, about at least 60%, maybe a little bit more of the white vote at historically high level. So if they get across that line, as is the case with most uh, election victories, they'll feel totally vindicated. But if the Republicans lose this election after four dismal years in the economy, I think all the contradictions and all the problems in their base and their refusal to reach out to Hispanics and they're basically giving up on African-Americans and their hard line on immigration and all their coded outreach to uh, white elderly people and the like, then I think that there's going to be a massive brawl uh, inside the party. So I think that the stakes are pretty high, higher than usual with the election. The party base, are they getting this or are they very much blinkered and inward looking? People in the, in the party are really concerned about how the party's base does not reflect the country and it's moving in the wrong direction. So I think people understand that. Um, they can also do the math and they realise that uh, they can't run on this kind of platform again. But they're hoping to get across the line on it um, one last time. John, one of the few members of the Republican Party who spoke who hasn't been white male was Condoleezza Rice, the former Secretary of State under the George W. Bush presidency. Um, And she seemed to do very well at the convention. Do you think that she could be a candidate for 2016? Is she perhaps the future to broaden the reach of the Republican Party? I think she could be a candidate 
if the party moves in the ways that Richard was suggesting. So say it fails in its big political science experiment to try and disprove the idea of the median voter hypothesis, and then they tack back towards the middle, she could be a good candidate. Now, there are two problems. The first is easily surmountable, which is she says she doesn't want to run at the moment. The second is that she remains relatively moderate on a lot of social issues, in particular abortion, and moving to the centre on that would mean a very large shift. I'm not sure the Republican Party is ready to make that at the moment. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, Richard, do you think, as John mentions, if they do lose this, the, from what you're hearing amongst the rank-and-file Republicans, they would be willing to make that shift? I mean, how much do they care out there, or is, are they more concerned sticking to their principles, come what may? Uh, it, it's it's very difficult to make a, a, a dramatic shift. Um, I mean, some of the issues Condoleezza Rice spoke about last night, she was, you know, spoke up for tolerance on immigration. She spoke up for alternative energy, which nobody in the Republican Party is allowed to speak about. She spoke about how, you know, where you come from affects where you end up in life and the importance of education in correcting that. In fact, in finding ways to ensure people equality of opportunity is a reality. So they're all difficult. The way the party has been skewed in recent years, I think it's very difficult to have a sharp correction. You probably don't want to have a sharp correction anyway, because a sharp correction would mean a split. In terms of finding people who embody the ability to straddle these issues, I think a point John made earlier is I think the Republicans bench, and ironically, is much deeper than the one you see on the Democratic side. In 2016, you know, you can talk about all sorts of people on the Democratic side, but perhaps the only heavyweight is Hillary Clinton. But if you look across on the Republican side, they've got a whole bunch of highly capable senators and governors coming through the ranks. Marco Rubio from Florida... Nikki Haley, the governor of South Carolina, gave a very good speech. Uh, Chris Christie, I don't think he's ever going to be a candidate, in my view, but anybody uh, has become a national figure. So in some ways, they've got a very deep bench, but a sort of a very thin or easily cracked level of support. So they're in a very interesting position right now. Yeah, and even just sticking with this election at the moment, although Obama's still plus one in most of the national polls, that's within the margin of error. And Republicans are looking almost dead cert to retain control of the House. And the Senate is a pretty much a toss-up. So it's far from inconceivable that January 20th, we have a Republican president with control of both houses of Congress. Who knows? Watch this space. We shall see. Or will the Republican champagne have to be kept on ice for another four years? Or ginger ale or whatever it is in Mitt Romney's case as he doesn't drink. Anyway, well, that's all for this week. Um, You can find more on the FT's coverage of the US presidential election at ft.com forward slash US election. Merely remains for me to thank Richard McGregor in Tampa and John McDermott here in London. World Weekly is produced by Martin Starber. Gideon should be back next week. Until then, goodbye. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts.